There's something awesome when people find their fit. There's something awesome about when people find their place. There's something awesome about when people begin to step into the destiny that God's called them to. Um, I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life where I feel like I've been in the right lane for a season, and then suddenly I kind of get jumped out of it. Um, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where God's called me to do something, and I've been the one that's gone, no, there's no way that that's you, God. There's no way that you're wanting me to do that. It's it's ridiculous. I'm not called to do it. I'm not gifted to do it. I, 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 I don't have the right skill level. I don't know how. But I've come to realize that actually when it comes down to it, it doesn't actually matter um, what gifting that I have. It doesn't actually matter what skill level I have. What matters is that I have relationship with the God that has all of the skills. What matters is that there's people in my life that will actually shore up those areas of my life where I might feel weak. So while I might not be able to do a particular thing or not feel confident in a particular thing. I know that there's great people around me that will actually be able to do that and actually that'll advance the cause and the purposes of God regardless. So um, we've, we've started a sermon series or a message series or whatever on Romans 12. Okay, and we started last week and, um, and the name of it is Higher and Further We're Stronger Together. All right? Now, there's this lie that a lot of us quite often believe, and it's something to the effect of, or some variation of, I can do this myself. There's some variation of, it's okay, I've got this. Now, you'll know if you're in the position where um, you've done this before, have you ever had someone that's come up to you and asked how you're doing, and you're good, but you're not good? (laughs) How are you doing? Good. Where underneath there's um, all kinds of stuff going on, everything's falling apart, and after the person walks away, you're like, oh my goodness. So this is, um, this is basically what the theme of this next three weeks is about. So for today, um, if, you want, if you want the name of a message, um, this is it. You are the missing piece of someone else's puzzle. You are the missing piece of someone else's puzzle. So just to recap, for those of you that um, haven't had a chance to listen to the message from last week, uh, mainly because it hasn't been put up on the web spot. Um, but um, if you haven't had a chance, I mean, it, it's going to be great when it goes up. But um, for last week, what we, what we learned about was Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. The gospel transforms us. It changes how we think. It changes the way we behave. And so because of God's grace, we can pour out ourselves as living sacrifices. But there's a, like a caveat, there's a, there's a process that we have to go through. First of all, we need to allow ourselves to be transformed. First of all, we, we need to allow our minds to be renewed. And if we allow ourselves to be transformed, if we allow our minds to be renewed, we actually get to know God's will for our lives. We know what's of God and what's not. That's the consequence of putting ourselves in a place where we allow our minds to be renewed. We can know God's will for our lives and we'll be um, part of turning the world upside down. Or actually, probably a better way to put it is we'll be part of 
turning the world the right, the right way up again. So today, this is what we're talking about. You're, you're the missing piece of somebody's puzzle. Um, Sam Monk has this, um, has this saying, um, and we use it a lot in our, in our uh, movement of churches, and, and I really love it. And the more that I think about it, the more that I love it. His statement is, Christianity is a whole lot of friends challenging one another to go higher and further in God. So all Christianity is, is a whole group of friends challenging one another to go higher and further in God. And man, isn't that true? Like, how good is it that um, for us and for, for those of you that call Church Untamed home, like this is, this, is like, this is like our home church. This is the body of people that we hang out with. And the thing that I really love seeing, and, and, and I'm seeing it more and more, is that you guys are starting to make connections that mean that you're um, egging each other on. You're, you're, you're putting yourselves in situations now where it's iron sharpening iron. And you're putting yourselves in situations now where you're stepping out of the comfort zone. Um, I, I love the fact that we've got um, Pete running a connect group. Um, Pete would have sworn at me if I, I'd ever asked him to run a, run a connect group. And he's actually absolutely nailing it. He's doing so, so amazingly well. He's pastoral. He's funny. He's often the most vulnerable in the room. And, and he's just doing a great job. But, but part of the reason why we're able to do that, part of the reason why... You know, Shannon can get up and sing after you know a, a number of years. Part of the reason why um, I, I can get up and preach to people over the age of 18, which is like the maximum cap of people I feel comfortable talking to, <laughs> is because what happened is we've created an environment where it's actually okay to give it a go. Now, and, and I don't mean it's me and Shannon that's created that environment. I mean that us together... What we're doing is we're beginning to encourage one another to go further and higher in God. And how do we know that? We're starting to see community break out. We're starting to see people hang out from Monday to Friday. We're starting to see um, people invading each other's homes. They're part of each other's lives. One of the things that I've noticed is that um, you church untamed crew seem to hang out a whole lot together. I quite often see people together more often than I see them apart now, which is awesome. About half the time it's Michaela with someone else, but still, it's um, um, truth though. Um, <laughs> but Christianity, at its very heart, is love and action. See, what happens is that when you have Christianity, when you, it's actually love and action. And so what that means is there's, there's, there's an activeness to it. You're, there's an agency to it. It's not you're loved by someone. When, when you are loving, you have to reach out. And so the thing is, is that if your Christianity is love and action, that means that you'll, you'll connect with people. Your desire is to hang out with people. Um, one of the things that I love, and again, I'm, I'm going to embarrass Liam. Liam's actually one of the greatest connectors in their church. Like, he's like the, 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 the same kid who the first time that we saw him uh, earned a name which I've hated ever since, Flip Flop, um, is actually also... One of the bits of glue that actually glues the young adults ministry together. He turns up to everything. He volunteers for everything. And the thing is, is that that means that he's actually an integral part of what we do together. Not just the pastor, not just whoever's on the pedestal, not just whoever's on the platform. But when we choose to operate together, man, incredible things begin to happen. So Christianity is an active lifestyle. Followers of Christ turn the world upside down. We're countercultural. 
We operate differently and separately to the way that the world operates. But passionate followers of Christ, those that are passionate, those that are active, they actually bring heaven to earth. It's more than just turning the world right right side up. It's literally there's a kingdom and a culture that they carry that is completely opposite to what's happening on earth at the moment. And you'll know it when you see it. Because you'll feel it. You'll feel a part of. You'll feel encouraged. You'll step out in ways that you've never stepped out before. See, I've realized when it comes down to almost every aspect of being a Christian is active. So worship is not passive. Like if you're standing there and you're not worshiping in some way, what you're doing is attending a concert. And there's some great... There's great musicians and stuff like that. Like, don't get me wrong. If that's, if that's all that you're able to do at the moment, if you're in church and that's the best thing that you can do at the moment, man, that's, that's so good. If you're in church and have been in church for 30 years and the best you can do is standing there, probably something going on. <laughs> praise is not passive. See, the thing is, is that praise is not about us and what we can get from God. Praise is about us actually offering up to God. Man, God, I love what you're doing in my life so much that I can't help but celebrate. Yeah, it's good. Prayer is not passive. See, the thing is, is that um, one, of the, um, one of the criticisms that Christians quite often get is, oh, well, all Christians ever want to do is pray for people. Yes, because prayer moves mountains. Yes, because prayer changes situations, changes circumstances. Prophecy is not passive. Generosity is not passive. There's actually a transaction that takes place. And generosity, um, in particular, is a transaction that means that you, you expect to receive nothing in return. Mercy is not passive. You can't passively be merciful to someone. You can't passively be compassionate to someone. And then finally, passion is not passive. See, when you have passion, what that does is it calls you to a life of action. And so this is the thing, is that um, I really believe that one of, the, one, of the, um, one of the things or one of the traps that we can get into is we can get into a life of comfort, when actually God's calling us to live a life of passion. So God wants us to go from consumer to consumed. He wants us to be on fire and passionate for the mission of the gospel. He wants us to go from passive to passionate. He wants us to go from served to servant. Are you with me today, church? See, the great thing is, is that when we decide that we're going to use what we've got for God, um, He'll use it and use it in incredible ways. Um, uh, one really great example, I've got this friend, who's, um, his name's Bola, Bola Fakalata. Um, he's actually coming down to speak at the end of the year. And um, he's actually really good with words, and he's always been really good with words. Like, he's quite funny, he can, um, he can bust out rhymes and raps and stuff like that. But one of the things that he's just um, started recently doing... Um, sort of, it's like 12 months or less. Um, he started battle rapping. Now, if you've never seen battle rapping, basically what happens is two people face off against each other and try to destroy each other with their words. Like, that's literally, that's pretty much it. And so he's a Christian guy trying to battle rap without using all the tricks and tools of the trade that he would normally use. So basically, he's going up against um, these guys that are tearing down his family. He's going up against guys that are tearing down his faith. Like, every single time, we'll try and tear down his faith. And the thing is, is that um, he's actually turning the battle rap scene upside down. Now, um, please don't go and watch this. Half of every battle rap is R.A.T. guaranteed. 
not not bowlers not bowlers half, but the other half is definitely um, like it's you know if you have an issue with profanity, you're going to have more of an issue by the time you've you've listened to it. Um, but this incredible, he's used this gift and this talent that he has, and he's gone out and used it to turn the battle rap world upside down. So he's starting to get invitations all around the world. So he's going to Australia on a regular basis. He's he's getting flown all around New Zealand on a regular basis. All because he was willing to use a skill or a gift that he has that's not perfect, but he was willing to use it in a way that was going to glorify God. See, one of the things that I've come to realise is that it's not actually when we have it all together that's important. It's not actually um, being willing to give God the good gifts that we have. It's actually when we allow him to use our imperfections. It's actually when we allow him to use the stuff that doesn't always go well. He will use that for, your ma- for his maximum glory. See, the thing is, I don't know if you feel gifted or not gifted. I don't know how, how high you are on that scale, you know. Um, but I want to tell you today that, he, that God's willing to use whatever you're willing to give him. See, what you've got, what you carry... It's not actually for us. It's actually for a lost, a hurting, and a hopeless world. We are the answer to someone else's um, situation. We're the answer to someone else's prayers, even when they don't realise they're praying. Man, I need some help. So what happens when we live this active life is we go from inward-looking navel-gazing to outside action, right? So anyway, this is where Romans comes in. And hopefully if you, if you hear it, you'll, um, you'll, you'll get where I'm coming from. So this is uh, Romans 12, um, verse 3. For by the grace given me, so this is, um, this is Paul. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So I really, I find that phrase really interesting. Do not think more highly than you ought. Um, It's interesting because I I, I genuinely don't think it's a case of, it's not a case of you you you, you you are gifted. Don't think you're more gifted than you think you are. Because actually that's the point of the passage, to use your gifts. Um, It's not a case of like, you know, the old joke where, has anyone ever been in a job interview and they ask you what your weaknesses are? I mean, you don't sit there and you go, yeah, no, I lie compulsively. It's actually a real issue of mine. Um, But I'd really love to work for your, uh, you know, so you come up with these kind of false, you know, false humility type um, things. Oh, look, if anything... I think I'm just, I work just too hard. I'm, I'm too giving. I give, I give just slightly too much. Um, if, if anything, I think I, I, I listen to the boss just maybe slightly too much. Do you know what I mean? I'm just completely passive. Um, 
If anything, I'm, I'm too humble. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I think I'm definitely... I'm, in fact, I am the, the most humble person I know. <laughs> no. What it means by thinking more highly than you ought, what I think that means is actually thinking that you can actually fulfill everyone's need. Thinking that you can actually fill everything in your world, like including your own needs. So if you think that you're the whole package and that you can fulfill every need in your own life, uh, I think that's wrong. <laughs> I don't think that is quite right. We're created for community. We're created for purpose. We go greater and further and higher together, together than we ever do apart. See, I think one of the lies that we believe sometimes is the lie that we are self-sufficient. See, the belief you are self-sufficient, I think, is thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to. See, if we, if we try to do that, there's a couple of things that happen. We begin to operate out of, our, out of purpose. And when we operate out of purpose, when you, operate, when you work really hard at something that's not your purpose, that's called stress. If you spend all of your energy working towards something that you, that's not actually your calling, you'll feel stressed out. You'll, you'll, you'll get resentful about what's, um, what's happening in your life. I spend all my energy doing this thing, but actually I want to be doing this. Okay, I've hit a nerve there somewhere. Moving on, quickly. All right. Um, so we, we operate out of function. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun. One of the things that happens when we think that we're self-sufficient is we actually become isolated, like we isolate ourselves. The I'm good mentality isn't going to work in, a, in, a, in an area, in a situation where we're being honest and open and vulnerable with one another. And that's the, and that's the culture that I'd, I'd hope that we'd create in a church environment. When we first come to, Cry, uh, come to Cromwell, um, there was a season where, like, if it was me and Shan and the kids, there was definitely a season where it was um, a case of if I wasn't doing it, Shannon was doing it. Like, that was just logistically what had to happen. Like, the kids weren't quite, you know, I couldn't get, Asher, could you set up the sound system? He'd cry and walk away. Um, <laughs> I learned that after the third time. I actually tried three times. Asher, you can do this. No, okay, you can't do that. Well, we actually came to the realisation that we can't do this thing called life ourselves. We can't do this thing called church ourselves. We can't do this thing called Christianity ourselves. And I distinctly remember um, there was a sense of God going, finally, finally, now it's time to bring people in. See, the thing is, is that God puts in place people who help fulfil our purpose. And um, I know for a fact that for some of you guys, um, like there are people in the room that are here that are helping you to fulfill your purpose right now, simply by being who they are. They probably don't even realise that they're doing it. Um, for some of you guys in the room today, and I think I've mentioned it once before, you guys are actually literally the answer to prayers that we've been praying. Yeah, that's right. You guys are literally answers. So like... So like we've, there's been times in our life where we've actually, times in our life over the last few years where we've actually given like the job description. Lord, we need this type of people in our church. We need people that are going to love leading connect groups. We need people that are going to love hanging out with kids even when there's 7,000 of them. We're gonna, we need people that are, that are going to love just hanging out and, and talking and connecting with people. We're going to need 
people that are going to love hanging out with the, um, the youth group kids that don't actually want to do any of the games that we've meticulously or non-meticulously <laughs> planned. <laughs> Again, thanks Michaela. <laughs> but at the same time, we're here as a result of people's prayers in this room. Like, we're, we're here. Like, if you don't like your pastors, it's at least partially your fault. You, pray, you prayed us to be here. But, see, the thing is, and the thing that we don't understand is that we're literally some, the missing piece of someone else's puzzle. We fulfill a need in other people's lives that we don't even really realise that we're fulfilling. You being here today is an answer to someone else's prayer. Um, rappers have this line. So having, knowing that, knowing that you're literally, you have gifts that God's given you. And as a result of having those gifts, if you're willing to actually offer them up, if you're actually willing to use whatever you've got, that you actually change someone else's life starting today, like starting right now. It could literally be after the service. It could literally be even now. Um, rappers have this one saying, and I, I apologise, but I couldn't think of a better way to say it. Um, it, it it's this phrase, and I'm going to say this phrase out loud. It's not bad, like, as such. It, it doesn't have a swear word. Um, but I, I genuinely can't think of a different way to say it, so I apologise. But the phrase that they, the rappers quite often use is, shake what your mama gave you. Shake what your mama gave you, the, 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 okay, apparently that was vaguely inappropriate because all the teenagers giggled. Um, but what, what that means is like, use what you've got. God, God's given you gifts. God's given you things. So shake what your mama gave you. Use whatever God's given you to use. Use the gift that God's given you. I think there's a danger that when we wait for a level of excellence, look, I'll, I'll begin to serve, I'll begin to um, impact others once I, I reach this level of competency. Um, I really honestly believe um, that you're called to use what you've got. Don't wait for perfection before you use the gifts God's given you because he has new ones for you. Have you ever noticed that you've had a gift for a season and by the time that you've actually used it, it's out of season? Have you ever been given um, a present or not? Well, there was this one time, right, I think I was given, we were given towels and we didn't open them for ages until after, okay, no, this theoretical, I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, we chose to put them aside. Oh, we chose to put them aside and then by the time it was time to use them, um, we didn't need towels anymore because we had so many. I really genuinely believe that there's gifts that we carry for a season that have expiration dates. Why is that? Because the you that's here standing here today is not the you that's going to be here in a year from now. The you that's sitting here today is not going to be the same you two years from now, three years from now, five years from now. So that's why it's important to use what you've got. I'm a, I'm a gamer. I quite like um, playing um, role-playing games in particular, which um, uh, the church that I grew up in would, would be, that would give you a, um, send you straight to hell card. Um, um, so I play them quite often still. Um, and... Um, in RPGs, right, uh, in role-playing games, one of the things that happens is that um, you get given potions, like to heal, to, like you drink the potion, it's like medicine, it makes you better, right? Anyway, when it comes to RPG games, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm actually a hoarder. Like, I will hoard hundreds of these potions. 
Like I actually, I actually genuinely do. And what happens is that you get to a certain level and actually those potions are completely useless. And so quite often what will happen is I'll have like a hundred of these potions that I'll never use, but I can't throw them away either. I think that that's kind of like what we do sometimes is we're waiting for the exact right moment to launch ourselves. We're waiting for the exact right moment to use the gifts that God's given you. When actually he's given you these gifts for this time, for this season, for right now. So you might only have the seed of prophecy. You might really feel that God's asking you to prophesy and pray for people, give them a word of knowledge, like begin to do that stuff. You're like, oh no, I'll wait till it's really sharp. No, 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 step out. Have a crack at it. Give it a go. Often by the time I feel like I have enough gifts to use them, sometimes I find that they're irrelevant. <laughs> See, it says in um, 2 Peter verse one, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. So not our strength, not our training, not our ability. God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about how the Holy Spirit gives gifts according to according to our need. So it's not actually a case of what gifts we carry at any given time. It's you've been given gifts for a season. You've been given um, talents and things to use. So use them. So God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. God's got unlimited power. There's this um, famous um, apologist, like a Christian writer, um, called G.K. Chesterton, and he's got this awesome, awesome story. So I just wanted to read it out. In a field on the English countryside, G.K. Chesterton stood up from where he had been sitting and exploded with laughter. His outburst was so sudden and so loud that the cows could not take their eyes off him. Just minutes before, the Christian writer had been miserable. That afternoon he'd been wandering the hills, sketching pictures on brown paper using coloured chalks. But he was dismayed to discover he had no white chalk, which he considered to be essential to his artwork. He, he, he thought he had the, not quite the right piece. Anyone that's ever had a Crayola set and your favourite colour goes first, like, I mean, you guys, you guys are right there with me right now. Soon, though, he began to laugh when he realised that the ground beneath him was porous limestone, literally meaning it was the Earth's equivalent of white chalk, literally meaning he was sitting on a mountain of chalk. He broke off a piece and resumed drawing. God has unlimited power. Uh, like Chesterton, who realised he was sitting on an immense warehouse of white chalk. Sometimes we, uh, no, not sometimes. We, be- we sometimes don't realise we have God's unlimited spiritual resources. He has, we've got God's unlimited spiritual resources. I might not have the gift of healing, but if Cole needs healed, I can access God's unlimited resources and believe for healing for Cole. Not because of the gift that I carry, but because of the one that has all the gifts. So we have God's unlimited spiritual resources within reach at all times. Maybe you feel like you're lacking some important element necessary for godliness, such as faith, grace, intelligence, or wisdom. If you know Christ, if you know who Jesus is and who he is in your life, you have everything you need and more. Through Jesus, you have access to the Father, the one who graciously provides believers with all things. 
See, this is the thing. This is why I'm wanting to encourage you guys to use your gifts. And use your gifts not just on a Sunday, but from Monday to Saturday as well. See, we've got an hour and a half together, and it's so great to bring people into this environment. I'm, I'm really believing that by the end of the year, there's going to be 100 people in our service by the end of the year. Like, just, just coming to hang out for no other reason than you guys have actually invited. You guys have, um, you know, we're just believing for that. That's something that we're believing But actually, there's 167 other hours that isn't this hour where there's a world that still needs Jesus. And I don't know if you notice or not, but um, Shannon and I, we we don't split ourselves into pieces real well. And um, I offend people over the age of 50 as a general rule. Um, I don't mean to. Um, It's just who I am. No, it's not. um, I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> you guys are called to do the work that God's put before you. You guys are used to use, uh, called to use the gifts that you've got for this time, for this season, for such a time as this to actually impact the world around you. Now, you might be someone that might not want to stand up in front of a crowd, but man, there are plenty of people in the room that could impact one, that could impact two, that have friends in their friendship group um, that, that, that need prayer, that need this life-giving hope that we find in Jesus. As, disciple, uh, disciples, as disciples of Christ, as God's kingdom people, we have the opportunity to show the world, those in our community, those in our family, what life in God's kingdom is like. See, Theology and ideas and stuff, they abound and they're important. And causes come and go and they abound and they're important. But the miracle of forgiving, loving, bearing with, confessing, serving and submitting to one another is an argument that's so difficult to criticise. Are we ready to stake our lives and not just our heads on such truth? So, to sum up. Christianity is Christ in action. Christianity is love in action. You are the missing piece to someone else's puzzle. You are the missing, you are the prayer, uh, you're the answer to prayer that someone else has been praying for a really long time. So what does that mean for us? That means two things. One, we need to become aware of that. We need to become aware of the fact that there are people that are crying out for something that we have and we carry. And so that's the first thing. Second, we need to be willing to step out. Regardless of whether um, you think that your gift or your, or your words or whatever are fully formed, are fully developed, it, it doesn't matter. What, what's matter. what matters is the willingness to step out. God will use whatever you're willing to give Him. God will use your perfection and your excellent gifts if that's all you're willing to give Him. But God will use your imperfection even more and in incredible ways. Have you ever said some, someone to something and it's come out wrong and it's changed their life? Like, it, like, it, like you think it's gone really badly and it's changed the way that they see themselves or that it's changed the way that they do life. Like, it's, it, like, you need to be willing to be imperfect. We're imperfect people. If we wait for perfection, we're going to die of old age. So we're called to live in community. So if you're ISO, here's, here's my older call today. If you're isolated, if you feel like you're isolated, I want to challenge that and say that you're called to live in community. There's a community of people here that love you. 
or are willing to love you. There's a community of people that are willing to challenge you to go higher and further in God. That'll challenge, uh, that'll encourage you when you need encouraged. That will um, put their arms around you when you need a hug. Some of us are better at hugging than others. I'm slightly more padded. I think Clark potentially is going to be slightly bony. <laughs> Did you see how I destroyed the article just right in that moment, Clark? Just to roast you a little bit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So if you're isolated today, if you've been hoarding or holding back, not in a bad way, but just wanting to wait till the point where you feel that you're together or prepared. Um, If you realise that you've been uh, passive when you want to be passionate, um, we want to give you an opportunity to actually um, to step out today. We want to give you an opportunity. And I I genuinely think for today, it's actually going to have to be an active step. It's not okay... We're coming to a time um, where if we're wanting to reach the community like we want to, if we're wanting to reach the community like, um, I, like I genuinely feel that, that God wants to impact Cromwell. Not only does he want to impact Cromwell, but Central Otago. And we're seeing the start of it. We're seeing like the seed of it. But there needs to be a, a call to action. There needs to be a, 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 an activity that takes place. So for today, um, if it... If you need to, if, if that resonates with you, I want you to step out of your seats. I want you to take a chance. I want you to actually stand down here this morning and go, God, use me. God, take my imperfection. Uh, take my imperfection. God, I'm sorry for those times that I've been passive. I think that there needs to be an actual, um, like a faith step that takes place today. Um, I don't know if I've... Um, I don't know if I've said this before. I, I think I've, I've definitely said it at youth. And have I used the Michael Jackson quote any time recently? Okay, that's probably no. Um, Michael Jackson, one of my favourite quotes in the world, is actually by Michael Jackson, and he, he makes this quote in Man in the Mirror. Um, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make the change. So often we look at the world and we go to the world, change them, change them, change them. We look at the world and quite often we go, bend them, bend them, bend them. When actually what we need to be doing is if we're going to be the ones that step out into a a hurt and a hopeless generation, it's actually us that needs to change. We need to change our um, our passivity. We need to change our um, our desire to be comfortable. We need to um, begin believing the things that God says about us. And not only that, we need to be willing to work together in order to achieve all that God has. So what we're going to do is Shan's going to get up and she's going to sing a song and stuff. But um, this is how it's going to go. Um, no one's going to pray for you today. Oh, actually, at least, sorry, let me be very clear. If you need prayer today, we will absolutely pray for you. If you need healing, we will absolutely pray for you. If you, if you want to become a Christian, we will absolutely pray for you, like 100%. But I, I genuinely believe that for the older call today, what we're going to do is we're just going to put some music on. Uh, Shannon might sing or she might not Um, but what we're going to do is if that's you today I feel like man I'm actually I'm actually keen to be passionate I'm keen to step out I'm willing to use the gifts that God's given me Um, we're just going to line up down here we're just going to pray we're going to do business with God it's between you and God if you want to speak in tongues speak in tongues if you want to worship worship whatever it looks like for you but I genuinely believe that um I genuinely believe that there's going to be a change that takes place today. I genuinely believe that there's a shift that's going to take place today. I genuinely believe that we're going to... um, 
Church is awesome, and, and, and what we do on a Sunday is so cool. Like I, like, I really love it. It's one of the highlights of my week. But I'd so love it as well as, as if we were able to go out of this place today and we're able to begin changing the world. And then the next time that we came back here, it was both us, but we would also come back with stories of how God's impacted our world this week. How cool is that? If the first thing that happens, we come in, guys, guys, you'll never guess what happened this week. Guys, guys, you'll never guess what the Holy Spirit did. Guys, guys, there was a situation, so there's that one. Even better, there's going to be guys coming and going, man, guess what happened? I did this, and it was this huge fail. I was so embarrassed. It was unbelievable. What are you doing, Ray? Do you know what? I want to hear those stories as well, because do you know what? Those stories are a sign of an obedient life. See, Christianity is not about our comfort. Someone else's salvation is on the opposite end of our embarrassment. Someone else's salvation is on the other end of, uh, of stepping out of our comfort zone. And so, have I explained that all right? Is that, do you get what I'm saying? So that's, yeah, so that's basically what's going to happen. Let me pray for you guys just for a second and then, um, Lord, I thank you so much that you've called us to live a life of passion. I thank you so much that you've called us to be ones that wouldn't just join together for, for an hour, an hour and a half. But we would be ones that would go out into our world and we would bring heaven to earth in every situation. Lord, that we would be ones that would, um, that would speak life and hope into people. Lord, that we would, um, that we would put other people's uh, well-being, other people's lives uh, higher than our own comfort and our own personal um, uh, comfort zone, Lord. Uh, Lord, as we go out today, I pray for supernatural boldness. I pray that there would be the right words to speak or the wrong words to speak, but there would be a conversation that would happen. Lord, I thank you that there is an atmosphere, that there's no condemnation in Christ, that there's no failure in you, because if we, if we, if we mess up, if we stuff up, but we run towards you, that's victory. And so, Lord, I, I pray for each and every uh, person here today. But Lord, just as we get into this time that we do business, I pray that you would, uh, that you would uh, speak into people's lives, that you would prophesy over them, that you would um, uh, re- help them to recall those, those dreams and those things and the, uh, those, those words that have been spoken over their lives, that you would speak new things over them as well. Uh, begin to change us, not so that we're inward looking, but that we would be outward looking, looking to um, change a lost and a hopeless generation. In your mighty name. Amen.